Lekutis Sichis, Volume 16, the fourth Sicha for Parshish Bo. Title of the article, Poor Bread versus Rich Bread. Passover, in essence, encompasses three different periods of time. The first is in the year 2448, which is the year that the exodus of Egypt took place, before midnight, when they were in Egypt, for which God commanded them in Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. And on this night they shall eat, and part of the commandment is the unleavened cakes. The second period of time is in the year 2448 after midnight when they were out of Egypt, of which we are told in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 3, bread of affliction, for in haste you went out of the land of Egypt. And then the third period of time for Passover is the Passover for all generations, in which we are commanded in that same verse from Deuteronomy, for seven days you shall eat with it matzah, the bread of affliction, for in haste you went out of the land of Egypt. Now, the difference between unleavened cakes, which we ate in Egypt before midnight, and bread of affliction, which we ate after midnight and we eat every year on Passover, is that bread of affliction mandates that it be poor, made only with water, while unleavened cakes may be rich, made with juice, as long as it is fully baked within 18 minutes so that it has not leavened. Hence, while through the generations, for the Seder, one must eat poor bread, nevertheless, in the year 2448, before midnight, they were allowed to eat rich bread as well, while after midnight, as they left Egypt, they were permitted only poor bread. This difference of eating both rich bread and and poor bread reflects itself throughout all generations. Number one, the Mordechai, which is the name of a commentary on the Talmud, says at the end of Tractic Psachim, that in the times of the Holy Temple, when they had the meat of the Paschal Lamb, they would eat their meal and then have their Seder. Only that in their meal, they would eat mitzvah matzah. They wouldn't eat mitzvah matzah, poor bread, upon which one makes both the hamotzi blessing and the special blessing of observing the commandment of eating matzah, but would make a hamotzi blessing for the meal on rich bread matzah. The second thing is that even in our times, when we eat our meal after the seder, we find that even though it is prohibited to eat poor bread matzah on the day before Passover, so that the mitzvah matzah be new and special, nevertheless, we are permitted to eat rich bread matzah on this day. On a deeper level, this permissibility to eat rich bread matzah tells us that when preparing for Passover as before midnight in the year 2448, the Torah gives credence to eating rich bread matzah. Now, the above-mentioned verse commanding us to eat throughout generations bread of affliction begins with, quote, you shall not eat leaven with it, from which our sages extrapolate in the Talmud of Psachim, only with substances which will come to a state of leavening, a person fulfills his obligation to eat matzah with them. For just like in the 
2448 year the only reason why their bread did not leaven is because in haste you went out of the land of egypt meaning that of its own it was capable to leaven so too our obligation presently is to eat unleavened bread which was capable of leavening hence being that from the same verse we extrapolate that both one rich bread and two bread incapable of leavening are unfit for being mitzvah matzah we must say that they both carry the same fault however there is a difference between the two being that even in the pre-midnight passover in egypt they were not allowed to have bread incapable of leavening they were allowed to have rich bread now the mystical reasoning of one the fault in rich bread and bread incapable of leavening are one and the same and two in the pre-midnight Passover in Egypt, they were allowed to have rich bread, but not allowed to have bread incapable of leavening, is understood through understanding how rich bread and poor bread each manifest themselves in our service to God. Poor bread is made only of flour and water and has no flavor. Rich bread can have wine, oil, honey, or other fruit juices, which bring flavor to the matzah. Now, in our service to God, this means that poor bread represents a service of obedience without experiencing any pleasure or enjoyment, meaning that even though he has no perception of any logical reasoning to do the mitzvah, nevertheless, he does the mitzvah with pure obedience. Rich bread represents a service of pleasure caused by his understanding a reasoning for the mitzvah. When one is serving God with obedience in a lack of logic or feeling, he is a position in which his mind and heart can pry him not to do it. And what keeps him performing the mitzvah is his subduing his evil, ego, rebelliousness. However, when serving God with a pleasure driven by his mind and heart understanding the importance of the mitzvah, his mind and heart negate any possibility of not doing the mitzvah, in which his mind and heart is transforming his evil, the ego and the rebelliousness. With this, we can understand the connection between two types of matzahs listed above, rich bread and bread incapable of leavening, on the mystical level in which one is the outcome of the other. Pure rich bread with no water added, juices cannot lead to leavening according to the Talmud, represents a service of full participation of one's mind and heart, reasoning and feeling, which negates any possibility of leavening. Poor bread a service built upon obedience in which the mind and heart are not supportive or involved can lead to a possibility of leavening and evil. Only that he subdues his evil through a constant quote, and you shall watch over the unleavened cakes. That's what the verse says. By the final redemption, when Mashiach comes, and it will be as Isaiah says, for not with haste shall you go forth, because, as Zechariah said, and the spirit of contamination I will remove from the earth, there will be the service of transformation, rich bread. However, 
by the exodus from Egypt, when they needed to quote the verse from Exodus, the people had fled because, I'm quoting to you from Tanya, the evil in the souls of Israelites were still in its strength, and there was still the defilement of Egypt. Therefore, there was a service of subduing poor bread. Hence, the verse tells us that the reason for you shall eat with it matzah, the bread of affliction, is because in haste you went out of the land of Egypt and you still had evil and had to subdue that evil. Nevertheless, there is a virtue in each of these forms of service, subduing evil and transforming evil. While transformation of evil is a more complete service to God, nevertheless, from the perspective of giving your strenuous effort into serving God, subduing evil is superior. In other words, the, for, the service of transforming evil expresses the person's oneness with God in which his own identity does not allow for evil. However, in the service of, of doing evil, subduing evil, it is the self-negation of his identity that expresses itself by his negating his will and doing the will of God. This is the virtue of the exodus from Egypt and the poor bread over the final redemption and the rich bread. So much so that even after the final redemption, there, there will still be the, quote, remember the exodus from Egypt, so that there be both virtues, that of transformation and of subduing. Likewise, the Alter Rebbe, Rab Zaman of Liadi, explains that in the times of the exodus of Egypt, there was also both services and their virtue. Hence, the God's double promise to Jacob when he was ascending to Egypt, in Genesis it says, and bring you up, that's one, the exodus of Egypt, subduing, I will bring you up, second time which represents the final redemption and transformation. So there's the double language that God said to Jacob, and bring you up, I will bring you up, which the Altareb explains includes that the exodus of Egypt will have both the subduing and the transformation, the rich bread and the poor bread. Hence, we now have both services in both redemptions, that of Egypt and that of the final redemption. But Alice, how can we be asked at a time of, quote, the evil in the souls of the Israelites was still in its strength and defilement of Egypt was strong to be able to do the service of transformation, rich bread? The answer is that even though we presently must work with obedience, nevertheless, we can bring about within ourselves that our very mind and heart understands, agrees, and demands of us that we negate our egocentric will and serve God with obedience. And this is the service of the final redemption that is presently within our times of only exodus from Egypt. In other words, we can't have our mind and heart understand and participate in the actual performance of the mitzvah, but we can have them participate in demanding of us and agreeing and understanding that we need to have obedience. Now, with this, that there is a service of the final redemption, transformation already within the exodus of Egypt, 
the and I bring you, but bring you up, I will bring you up. We can now understand why the 2,448 pre-midnight matzah in Egypt, which was the preparation for the exit of Egypt, was one, rich bread, and two, bread capable of leavening, which means it had juice and water. Being that the final redemption, rich bread within the exodus of Egypt, was not that their mind and heart understood, had pleasure, and hence transformed evil, but rather the mind and heart only engaged in understanding, agreeing, and demanding that we serve God with obedience. Hence, this rich bread had to be of the, and you shall watch matzah, for they are capable of leavening. However, once they left Egypt post-midnight and were now servants of God, at the state of acceptance of his kingship, blessed be he, there could no more, they could no more involve their identity, rich bread, but rather only have pork bread, negation of self. For otherwise, they would be in the category of, I quote to you from the Talmud, one who gestures in the presence of the king, they took him out and killed him. Hence, there had to be absolutely no, no identity of self involved, and we had to eat the poor bread.